This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. A missing daughter, a three-page ransom note, and a wealthy, well-known family left in devastation. One would be forgiven for thinking that the situation is as bad as it can get. But sadly, when the body of a six-year-old was found in the family's basement just hours later, the Ramsey family would soon find that was not the case. Join Dom and I as we discuss the killing of John A. Ramsey. Um, good day to you, our fellow weirdos, and welcome to episode 40. I want to say 40. Yeah, it I'm is pretty 40. sure it's 40. Of Horror House True Crime Club. Thank you for joining us and for listening. Um, but more importantly, thank you for being an absolutely wonderful human being. Um, we love you simply for being. Dom, I think I already know the answer to this question, but how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing great. I I have been dying a death for the past four days but no i'm 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 okay slowly getting better i'm excited to 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 be recording i'm excited to hear about this case i i kind of well i i know of it but i don't really know much about it so i'm looking forward to hearing it okay that's good i think john benet ramsey is to me what db cooper is to you okay like that's how in it i am i i need to it's it's unsolved, and I need to I need it to be solved. I need to you know get my head around it. I think it's a similar sort of level in terms yeah. of obsession. No, definitely. Uh, I think it. I think a lot of people have said that as well. I've I know a lot. I know podcasts have covered it as well, and they've said that it's sort of a, a holy grail case for a lot of people. So, so yeah. If it's if it's your your DB Cooper, then I'm very excited to hear more about it good and i'm pleased to hear that you don't know too much about it because otherwise this would be very boring for you um and i, nope. <laughs> I have tried to um <laughs> trim it as much as possible because there is a lot that can be said about this case but i've tried to make it nice and and concise and let people draw their own conclusions um but i do need to say a quick thank you regarding this episode because i was having a bit of trouble deciding on my topic for this one i had three lined up and I was really having issues choosing. So okay. I consulted our, our patron, 
Laura, um, who helped me decide <laughs> and agreed that this one was the one to delve into. So thank you for helping me decide that. But before we get into it, I am going to tell you a little bit about one of the just delightful ways that you can contribute um, to the podcast, known as our Buy Me A Coffee link, which I'm stealing this week because I described that better than I describe Patreon. So I'm going to talk about Buy Me A Coffee and I then mean, I'll hand over to Dom to talk about Patreon. I think that's fair. I, I thought the way you talked about the Patreon last week was actually hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Well, maybe then, maybe and in that case, like I should describe buy me a coffee as an impression of you, and you can describe Patreon as an impression of me. Okay, I'm intrigued as to what this impression of me would be like when you describe the buy me a coffee link. I'm not going. I mean, lie. I'm not going to like do a voice or anything. I'm not going to like put on a dom voice. That'd be weird. But I, I can, I can describe it in the way that I think you would describe it. I think that'd be okay. fun. Okay. I'm yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Cool. So we Okay, this is a bad idea. I'm just I'm just that gonna do I'm start. just gonna describe it. I'm just gonna describe it. So buy me a coffee. It is a way to support the podcast without any bulk, any monthly subscription. Sorry, I'm just chucking stuff across the room now. I'm so outraged. Um, oh <laughs> um you can click the link, you can buy us one coffee, two coffees, three coffees, whatever you prefer. Um, and it's a great way to support us a little bit financially, help us keep doing what we're doing, um, tell us that you love us, and we'll tell you that we love you. It's, it's a nice way of doing that. Simple, easy, one time, no subscription, no sneaky payments out of your bank account, just a nice little one-off way to support us and um, give us a bit of a pick-me-up, which we very much need, particularly Dom at the moment, because he sounds like death. Yeah, but that being said, try and get through it, man up for a minute, and or woman up, and tell us about the Patreon in your best Amy way. I, I don't, don't do a think voice. I can actually put on an Amy voice. That's the thing. I think my voice is way too deep to even like try. <laughs> it just it wouldn't work. <laughs> so um, we have. In addition to the Buy Me A Coffee link, we also have another way you can support us, which is called Patreon. And with the Patreon, there are uh, different tiers. One is a price. The other one is a bit more than the first tier. Um... <laughs> Sorry, carry on. This is going great. <laughs> Don't die. Um, so for, for these two tiers, one being relatively inexpensive the other being still relatively inexpensive but a little bit more than the other tier um you get little perks such as early access to episodes you get uh, a bonus episode a month and yes you also get ad free episodes as well and for and all of that for for four pounds a month which i think is a pretty a pretty good deal and it helps uh, helps support the show helps us produce content you know, gives us opportunities to, you know, network, potentially, you know, go to to different events and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a good way to support the show if you want to, you know, financially, you know, support us. Um, and as always, uh, a big shout out to our patron, um, Laura. She is flying the flag for the patron. She listens every Thursday for that early access. So 
your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. But yes, that is the Patreon. Um, I tried to make it as Amy-like as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing that making things Amy-like is basically just not knowing anything and trying to blag it anyway. <laughs> Which is fine, you know, I'll take that. I fully admit that I don't prepare oh, half shush. as much as Dom does for these things. So, you know, it's not a problem. I can I can take that kind of criticism. <laughs> I was only joking. That wasn't a shot at you. I was just yanking your chain, pulling your leg. Other Pull the other one. It's got bells on. for winding you up. <laughs> oh, Righty, hi. Should we talk about John Monet Ramsey? Because that's what we're here for. Let's discuss. Let's discuss. Okie dokie. So, Jean Bonnet Ramsey was born on the 6th of August 1990 to parents Patricia Patsy Ramsey and John Bennett Ramsey. I've just realized something, and that is that she was born in the same year I was, which is pretty uh-huh. irrelevant, but would mean that she'd be the same age if she had lived, which is actually kind of sad. We've started this off on a sad note. Good, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> death of the child is never going to be particularly happy, but. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's um, true. <laughs> you know, just a just a little little extra tidbit for you there. Um, she also had an older brother named Burke, who was born in 1987. Um, Jean first name combined her father's first and middle names, and then her middle name with Patricia, which was her mum's name. But they weren't particularly creative in naming her. I don't think. Yeah, no, they 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 weren't. I mean, there are worse names that you could give someone for sure. But oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's a bit strange because John John Bennett Ramsey had kids before before this. He was married um, previously before getting married to Patricia, so he already had kids. But he clearly wanted Outrage. one of his children to be like fully named after him because not only did he use both, yeah. he combined both of his fans' names and then gave it to a girl. Yeah, that is a bit odd. It's a bit strange, right? Like you odd. will be named after me, child, no matter what. No matter yeah. what gender you come out as, you are... You're getting a boy name. You're getting a boy name. I mean, name. to be fair, I quite like <laughs> it. I do quite like it. it, it you know, but it it's a bit strange. I don't think John Ramsey was the sort of man that you could say no to. Um, he was a businessman and he was the president of Access Graphics, a computer software company um, that later became a subsidiary of Midmine, like a big computer company. And, and Patricia didn't work because she didn't need to because he was breaking in as we'll find out um shortly in mm-hmm. 1991 john had moved with patsy and the family to boulder colorado um where access graphics headquarters was located so he moved for his job patsy spent her time entering jean Bonnet in various child beauty pageants in boulder um, she was a huge part of the child beauty pageant scene um as she had been in pageants when she was younger so she wanted the same for her daughter yeah Jean Bonnet won titles like America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix, I believe is how you say that. Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. God so dang. She was pretty successful as a, as a child beauty queen, as child beauty queens go. She yeah, was doing she's all right. successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, 100%. I never know how to feel about like child beauty pageants i get why like parents do it but at the same time i'm kind of i'm just like is is it really necessary for like a i don't know how old they are 
like I don't know what is it really necessary for like an eight-year-old kid to be so laser focused on that and you know I've, I've seen kids that don't even want to do it but they're pushed into it by their parents which is even worse so yeah I, I don't know how to feel about like child beauty pageants it's strange I mean I think so Jean Monnet was six at the time of her death so she'd won all of those titles before yeah so it's, it's a lot to have done in the run-up kindergarten basically like that's a lot and yeah. don't get me wrong this kid like I, when you see pictures of her she is she's beautiful and that is why this case i think garnered such interest because she was a stunning little girl and obviously the family was quite well off uh, patsy kind of had this like stage mother type persona where she had been in pageants when she was younger and that all kind of got put in the press so i yeah. think the beauty pageant yeah. element of it is maybe one of the reasons why this is such a well-known case and such you know there was such press interest in it because yeah. you put her picture on the front of a newspaper yeah. and people are going to pick it up yeah no that's yeah that's true on the 26th of december 1996 um boxing day day after christmas um, patsy realized that her daughter had gone missing after she found a three-page handwritten ransom note um, in the kitchen of the family's resident. Um, the note demanded 118 That's a lot of money. Um, $118,000 was a bit odd. But John Ramsey pointed out that this was actually the identical amount to his Christmas bonus that um, he'd been given it. Number one, he'd been given a $118,000 Christmas bonus. What the hell? His Christmas bonus was $118,000. Yes. Fuck. Like, John um, Ramsey, I, what are you Jesus, doing for I that Christ, bonus, I mate? Studied, I studied the wrong degree. Fucking hell. It's crazy, what does he do? right? He, he's in computers. I can't be more technical than that, I'm afraid. He's, he's right, a computer okay. man. Software or something. He's a computer but, yeah. man. <laughs> he's a, he's he's a, a computer. With computers. Um, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, he was earning good money. But yeah, the ransom note demanded exactly £118,000, which was the exact same amount as his Christmas bonus. And he did point that out to police when they first arrived on the scene because obviously that is incredibly suspicious. There's no way someone's picking out that number just randomly and it happened to be a coincidence. So they must have known okay. how much his Christmas bonus was. I th the real crime. I thought, um, what the hell? I thought you meant... yeah. I thought I thought you meant that he said that to police as just like a brag, <laughs> just like uh, so you know ah oh, you know the 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 ransom was one hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Oh, by the way, that was my Christmas bonus. I just just want you to no. know. Yeah, <laughs> I thought what, that was just like a <laughs> yeah. He was just flexing on the police. The police were just like, mate. <laughs> I mean, I don't care how much your Christmas bonus was. <laughs> you would hope he was only telling them because it was relevant, and you would hope it was true as well. That you know, maybe he only got yeah. like a one thousand and eighteen dollar bonus, but he was like, "No, I've got to pick this up," you know, for the <laughs> for the police. He got he got a he got a one he got a one dollar eighty bonus, and then he was like, "Let's add a few zeros to that." Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a pretty weird number to just guess at, unless. You were someone that knew how much his bonus was and therefore knew he had access to that money. And the police did look into that. Um, they considered employees of Access Graphics who might have known um, John's bonus prior to him sort of and, and all that kind of stuff. But another 
possibility they considered, which I've added in because I thought it was quite interesting, was that it was in reference to the Bible um, and to Psalm 118. Um, Psalm 118 in the book of the of Psalms in King James Version is, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. So there was like a a potential lead there that maybe someone religious was trying to punish them, but I, I think it's just more God. likely someone knew how much he got as his bonus. God damn you, religion. Again, why are you so problematic? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Stop stealing children. <laughs> Stop using just, Bible verse to just steal children. <laughs> yeah, Calm I down. mean, I oh, think that's dear. a bit of a stretch. I don't think it was really into the Bible because why not just, I don't know, write Psalm 118 in the corner of a ransom note rather than asking for that amount. Yeah, yeah. You, know, exactly. you, you could ask for like 500 grand exactly. and then say, oh, by the way, read Psalm 118. At least you get a bit more money out of it. So they didn't do that. I, I think that was kind of maybe <laughs> they were looking for something that just wasn't there. Yeah. But what they did note yeah, I agree. was that the um, ransom note itself was insanely long for um, a note that had been written at the crime scene. The police initially believed that the note was staged because it didn't have any fingerprints mm. on it apart from Patsy's, the mums, um, and the authorities who handled so absolutely clean of fingerprint other than hers and, and policemen. And the note and the pen were um, had belonged to the Ramsey, so it came from inside their house. So it's either the fact right. they've written it themselves and it was staged, or an intruder or a kidnapper or whatever has come in found a notepad and pen and handwritten a three-page ransom note while the family are asleep upstairs. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, if it was an intruder, did you just like come in, see the pad of paper, and then it was like, cool, right, let's stick the kettle on, let's let's make a sandwich, and and let's get time <laughs> to get write a fucking essay on, on this uh, on this ransom note. <laughs> it's just just like exactly just like the dad comes down in the middle of the night to get like. A glass of milk from the fridge. I don't know why you would be. I don't know why I'd be drinking milk at like two o'clock in the morning. But I don't know. <laughs> Weirder things have <laughs> happened. Um, and you just see this person in the kit. You you just see this person in the kitchen, just with like a brew in his hand. And then you just sort of lock eyes, and you're just like, <laughs> "You're right. Yeah, good. yeah, good. <laughs> just gonna get my milk. You good? You good? Do you need anything? No. Cool. Right. <laughs> As you were. <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's a long old note to sit and write in someone's kitchen when you're planning on committing a crime shortly afterwards which is right. why the police thought it was staged that was why they they assumed that um you know either john or he had written it obviously not john because his his fingerprints weren't on the note at all so they looked at patsy um and had yeah. six individual handwriting experts cut the note in comparison to her handwriting and they all ruled individually that it wasn't her that had written it wasn't um, her handwriting so you know it's kind of a a bit of a weird situation the letter itself is quite long it's like i say it's three pages and it it talks a lot about weird stuff and and monetary amounts and it gives really really detailed um instructions on how to get the money what sort of bills to have um the money brought to them in what kind of bag they should bring and it even says stuff like Make sure you're well rested yeah. before you bring me this money because, you know, it's going to be heavy and, and all of this kind of stuff. 
Um, but I have picked out the first and last paragraphs I'm going to read to you because they are quite interesting. And just to give you like a, just an idea of how weird this note was, this three-page note that apparently couldn't wait and they had to write while they were sitting there. So the note begins, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. I'm not sure how he's going to listen, it's a note, but never mind. <laughs> we are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, but if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instruction to the letter. Scary star okay. to begin the note. Um, yeah. And then, as I say, it went into, you know, all these instructions on what kind of bills to use, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the letter ends. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Now, I don't know who what? these people think they are, <laughs> but what a weird way of phrasing Wordsmith it. They sound like, note. I don't know, 1920s gangsters. <laughs> It's just weird. I was about to say, <laughs> you need you need to bust out that 1930s uh, prohibition voice again and read the oh, last I'm not part doing, of that. Oh, absolutely not. I'm not doing that again. Absolutely not. <laughs> Don't go being a wise guy, John. It. It's just... <laughs> it's, I, I think... I know, I know <laughs> you should not have a favourite part of a ransom note that is holding to ransom a six-year-old girl. But I think my favourite part is... You're not the only fat cat around. Like, don't get me in too yeah. big for your boots, mate. We could have <laughs> what, stolen anyone's door. Necessary. Don't worry. Just because your Christmas bonus was $118,000, John. Yeah. Don't think you missed a Billy Big Bollocks. You, you just happened to have left a window open. <laughs> like, it's, it's very, very sus, <laughs> very weirdly worded. I know that police investigating yeah. did look at a, love, a lot of other... Um, films that include ransom notes because they thought this is just too like stylized to have come out of someone's brain so they looked at that and looked at sort of references that might have been used but yeah it's a pretty weird ransom note it is available online so if you did want to go and read the whole thing i do recommend reading it it's very specific it's, it's very um detailed even to the point where they're saying things that almost sound like quite caring they're like okay, you want to make sure you're well-rested and, and wrap up warm and all of this kind of well, stuff to deliver the money. That's what I was about to say. Like, when, when you read out the make sure you're well-rested bit, like, uh, immediately I was just like, oh, see, the rant, at least the ransom, the ramps, ransomers? Ransomers. Sure, why not? The ransom note writers. <laughs> the kidnappers um, at, at least this stage. The, the kidnappers. At least they're, um, at least they're considerate, like, Make sure you get a good night's sleep, John. You need your, you know, you need your eight hours. Make sure you get your eight hours. Have some, have some chamomile tea the night before. Have some Horlicks. Yeah. Make sure you, make sure you get your rest. <laughs> you got to do all of that. Just make sure you're feeling tip top because we're going to need you to carry this sack of money. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, we just want to make sure you're okay. Like we want a nice, easy kidnapping here. There's no need for anyone to get sick or hurt. Let's just make it nice and smooth. So yeah, pretty long, pretty detailed ransom note, considering that it was supposedly written in the middle of the night in a hurry. But there we go. Mm. The only people that were known to be in the house on the night of 
um, the note being left and John Dave's death um, were her immediate family. So Patsy and John Ramsey and their son, Burke, who was nine years old. The ransom note contained very, very specific instructions about not contacting the police or friends, but Patsy telephoned the police anyway at 5.52am and she also called a lot of family and friends. Which, to be honest, kind of annoys me. Because number one, it says don't. And number two, it's not even fucking addressed to you, Patsy. It's addressed to John. God damn it, Patsy. Sticking your nose in. Bitch, mind your business. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably... If a ransom note says don't call the police or friends, probably not advised that the first thing you do is call a fuck ton of your friends and the police. Well, but... yeah, it's just it's just a bit dumb. I mean, I know what else do you do. You've got to call the police. You've got to call people eventually. You would at least like look at the situation yeah. and it'll make sure there's no immediate danger before doing so. But oh no, Patsy was like, not only, oh, here's a note addressed to my husband. I'm going to read the whole thing and then make an informed decision. But also did not do that. She just immediately picked up the phone and, and got the police involved with this for her daughter because she didn't know it. You know, I don't know. Right. Who am I to judge? Cool. Uh, um, um, yeah, I suppose the mothering instincts just sort of kicked in like without her really sort of having having you know being able to to think about it i suppose yeah exactly that i mean i do he would have called the police as well eventually it's um it's a bit worrying how quickly she did it anyway two officers responded to the 911 mm. call and arrived at the ramsey home within three which is impressive in itself three minutes from call to arrival fantastic well done colorado Boulder Police Force. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's about as good as I can say for the Colorado Police Force because they did, you know, kind of things up after that. But well done for getting quickly. They conducted a cursory search of the home um, but did not find any sign of forced entry. Um, basement, which was locked from the outside um, and determined to have no point of the killer, was not searched. So they didn't go in there. They were like, this is locked. There's no way it could have got out. We'll leave it where it is for the time being. With John Bonet still missing, uh, John Ramsey made or started to make arrangements to pay the ransom. Um, and while, uh, sorry, while doing so, John Bonet's bedroom was cordoned for friends because that's where they believe that she'd been taken from. They mm -hmm. believe she'd been taken from her bed. But it was the only part of the house that was cordoned. So all of the family, the friends, um, the, the families like pastor from the church, um, all of those people who came to the house to show support and to try and, you know, help out the family, obviously contaminated the quarantine. Uh, they came into the house, they cleaned kitchen surfaces, they wiped things down. And although uh, they were presumably doing it to be nice and to try and help them, they obviously potentially destroyed a lot of evidence because Jean Benet's room was the only that they weren't allowed into. Detectives then arrived, expecting that the kidnappers would make further contact. Um, obviously, if you have done a ransom note, you're going to want to collect that money at some point, that $118,000 specifically, and not a penny more or less. Um, but no further contact attempt was made to try and get the money. No one got back in touch with them. Um, nothing happened. So whether they were fumbled, I don't know. We will discuss that. At 1 p.m. that day, um, detectives, I think this is spelled, this is pronounced, sorry, aunt, aunt, aunt. Okay, it's A-R-N-D-T, ardent, 
A R N D T. I would. I would probably. Aunt. I don't know. A detective. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably. I'll probably. Aunt. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go I with the detective. No yeah, the detective. <laughs> I, I believe her name. Her first name was Linda. So Detective Linda asked John Ramsey and oh, Fleet Linda. White, who was her family friend, to search the house to see if anything seemed amiss. Presumably, if anything was missing or anything like that. They obviously went downstairs and started their search in the basement, thinking that they would search bottom to top, because um, that would make sense. John opened the latch door, which one of the officers had looked at, but obviously they hadn't entered because they thought, well, there's no way he could have got out of there. So obviously that's not going to be the case. Um, but when he went in, John Ramsey found his daughter's body in one of the rooms in the basement. John Bonet's mouth was covered with duct tape, and a nylon cord was found around her wrists and um, her torso was covered by a white blanket, which was one that she had with. It was like her comfort blanket. So she'd obviously had it taken with her yeah. down to the base of her bed. John picked up the body um, and took it upstairs, obviously distraught father. He's not really thinking clearly. That's his daughter. So, you know, he found her and, and took her straight upstairs and moved her. Um, and when, obviously, her body was moved, it could have potentially contaminated a lot of the evidence. Um, forensic evidence yeah. would have been disturbed, which isn't ideal, <laughs> considering that, you know, half the house has also had, could have had potential DNA evidence, has now yeah. been cleaned. There's not too much going on in a bedroom, so it's yeah. definitely not ideal. But as soon as, obviously, they no, realised that, that it was now a homicide, the Ramses were asked to provide Handwriting samples, obviously because of the note, um, blood and hair samples, the police, and all of the family members were interviewed. So Patricia, John, and Burke, the nine-year-old. So yeah. not ideally handled and definitely not a kidnapping. No. Unfortunately. No. Which is a bit nasty. And poor poor John. That's, that's not what you want to not what you want to uncover. No. No, particularly when police had searched the house. And just decided not to go into the basement because they had a little look and thought, well, he couldn't have got out if it was locked from the outside, so we won't bother to go in. If they'd have done, she wouldn't have made there for, yeah. you know, the whole morning and into the afternoon before anyone had found her. It might not have changed the situation, but, you know, at least she would have been found a bit quicker and the family wouldn't have had that for a little while that she might be okay. Kind of sucks. Um, the autopsy revealed that John Bonet had been killed by strangulation and a skull fracture. Um, the official cause of death was asphy asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma, which is not easy to say, but I think I did all right. You smashed it. Thank you. I've also just realised that I definitely should have done like some sort of trigger warning at the start of this. Maybe I can, you know, go back at it. But yeah, there's there's a bit of potential child abuse. That thing. So if if you don't hear about it, then now's the time to switch off. But there was no evidence of conventional rape, although sexual assault couldn't be ruled out. Um, although no semen was found, yeah. there was evidence that there had been a vaginal injury at the time of the autopsy. The pathologist recorded yeah. that it appeared her vaginal area had been wet with a cloth, which obviously isn't usual when she'd been asleep prior. Um, but her death was obviously ruled yeah. as a homicide. The, I never know how to say this word, but you know the thing that you use to strangle someone that begins with a G. I think it's garrot. 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 Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is garrot. 
So a garrote that was made from a length of nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush um, was tied around John Bonet's neck and had apparently been used to strangle her. So um, they obviously had a look around scene to see where that could have come from. Um, part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing these art supplies, but the bottom third of the paintbrush was never found um, despite an extensive search of the house and, um, and the basement in subsequent days. The autopsy also revealed a vegetable or fruit material which may represent pineapple. That's quotes. I'm not just saying that like a weirdo. That's what the autopsy said. Which Jean Bonnet had eaten a few hours before her death. Photographs of the home taken on the day had shown that there was a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. However, John and Patsy, both parents, Both of them said that they didn't remember putting the bowl on the table and they didn't remember feeding pineapple to JonBenet. So definitely a bit strange to end up um, in her her system somehow. She's obviously eaten it at some point. Um, Of course, the bowl was dusted for fingerprints and the only fingerprints that were found on the bowl belonged to her nine-year-old brother. Oh, but. I'm letting that sink in because it's definitely a bit strange. That's a little, I mean, the co- the kid's called Bert. I don't know what more you can expect. I'm joking to all the Burks out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that translates. Like in America, that's a normal <laughs> name. Over here, you're like, oh, you're a bit of a Burke. Like, you're a bit of an idiot. That's true. American or the American listeners are just like, what? Why is he laughing at the name Burke? <laughs> yeah, why is that funny? There is a lot that gets lost in translation. Um, no, but it is, it is quite sus. It is. Essentially, what it boiled down to is a very suspicious ransom note, a very suspicious death of a very young girl um, in the basement of her own home, and just some very strange pieces of evidence that don't really make a lot of sense, like a bowl of pineapple with only her brother's fingerprints on it. Very, very strange. Um, Lots to think about, but I think definitely a good time to take a little break. Do you agree, John? Yes, I think it is a good time to mull the information over to to get my pin board and you know red string. In how how in, in like crime shows. Yeah, they cut the pin board with a string. Awesome. Um in that case we will see you back. Just a Hey Steven. Hey Leo. I love horror movies. So do I. I don't love that I have nobody to talk about them with. It sucks you see something great, you tell your friends to go see it, and they don't have the time because they have kids and a job. (laughs) They have a life. Boring. I know. Imagine if there was a podcast where you could make your buddy watch a horror movie and under threat of death they had to, and then you got to talk about it, crack jokes, things like that. That sounds wonderful. What if we did it? We could do it. Under threat of death. Yes, so much death, so much threat. I love it. We could call it Spoils of Horror. Great name. And guess what? What? We've been doing it for three months. What? It's crazy. We're on all major podcasting platforms. You can search Spoils of Horror on all social medias. Come check us out. Hang out with us. Have a good time. Join us. If you dare. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, and welcome to Horror Roulette, where you never know what you're going to get. We're your hosts. I'm Em, and that's my brother Nick. Each week we spin the Wheel of Misfortune to randomly generate an episode topic, which makes our lives miserable, but this podcast listenable. We've covered everything from the Toy Box Killer to Jack and Jill. From Ed Wood to Black Widows, we've suffered through it all. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts, and check us out at HorrorRoulette.com. Listen if you dare.
So welcome back. Lots to definitely lots to think about. And very suspicious in terms of her parent. Don't you think? Yes. I mean, you know, like you say, there was the ransom note, which which is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, because if I was an intruder, um, you know, if I if I was a kidnapper and I was, you know, coming to abduct a child from their home, I wouldn't sit down and pen a three page ransom note. It would be a, a pretty brief here's here's the situation this is what I want, play ball or, you know, something will happen that you don't want to happen. I wouldn't do a, a three-page fucking academic journal. Um, and there's there's the being found in the basement of her own home, um, the the fingerprints um, with her brother. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange one. I'm not, I'm, I'm a bit sus of, of the family at the moment. Yeah. Which I think is incredibly fair. However, however, in December 2003, forensic investigators extracted enough material from a mixed blood sample on JonBenet's underwear to establish a DNA profile. Um, that DNA profile belonged to an unknown male person and excluded the DNA of each of the families. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry, family. I've kind of... I unduly sort of uh, sussed you on that one <laughs> well don't apologize just yet because there are a lot of ways okay. dna can get onto someone a lot of different ways no, that, dna yeah. can be spread particularly when there's so many people in and out of the crime scene it was from a very very small sample on her underwear which doesn't mean that it had already come uh you know there's there's a lot of things that could have meant yeah. But if you're Patricia and John Ramsey and a lot of people are pointing the finger at you and suddenly this piece of evidence comes up and says that actually it's not a DNA match with them, you're probably going to be feeling Yeah. Oh. That is true. Maybe there's a bit of convenience there, potentially, though. Maybe. Maybe it's a bit convenient. Maybe. But needless to say, there was a lot of speculation after that. Um, there was experts, media commentators. Yeah. And obviously, the Ramses themselves, who were all trying to identify potential suspects in the case, Bold Police initially did focus exclusively on John and Patsy, for obvious reasons, you know. Um, but by October 1997, they had over 1,600 people in their index of persons of interest for the case. So, a lot, a lot of people. 1,600? 1,600. Which is, is pretty mental that, when you think about it. Yeah, that's... That's a lot of people, you know. Take take the DB Cooper case for example. That was twelve hundred, wasn't it? At like sort of its height, it was yeah. twelve hundred. So sixteen hundred people is madness. Yeah, it really is. And obviously, it gave birth to a lot of theories, mm. a lot of um, leads in terms of reasons that people might have wanted to do this. But generally, they're boiled down to just two. Um, the first of which being that it was a member of the family. You know, one of the three, perhaps extended family, um, mm. which is an easy one to follow because the police saw no signs of forced entry into the home. You know, there was no sense that an intruder might have forced their way in, broken a window or anything like that. But what they did see was evidence of staging of the scene. So the ransom note, top yeah. list. Yeah, it was from a notepad in their own home. It was extensively written. 
you know, granted, handwriting experts have ruled out Patsy, but you you don't go in as a kidnapper and sit and write not only the ransom note itself, but also a draft of the note as well that was also found in the notebook. You don't sit <laughs> so and write that, was... that. Jesus. Exactly. So this man, this man, this man has planned. This person put more planning into a ransom note than I put into any of my essays at university. I was just about to say this ransom note is just about as long as your outline for the episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they were man, man obviously listens to Horror House and he's like He's like gotta gotta plan it out. <laughs> gotta plan it out twice. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I mean alongside that there was very little evidence for anyone breaking in. But alongside that, they also noted the Ramses were incredibly uncooperative um during the investigation they would only speak to the police on their own terms um they didn't speak to them straight away they were they were very um sort of closed off and and weren't particularly you know keen to speak um they did offer a reward um for any information they offered a hundred thousand dollar reward um, in a newspaper ad on April 27, 1997. And three days later, more than four months after the body of their daughter was found, they submitted for the first time for formal interviews to Boulder Police. So they waited four months after she died to actually go into police and, and take part in an interview, which is is pretty strange. You That as the yeah. parents, you would want to be you know, as cooperative as possible to give as much information as possible as quickly as possible. Yeah, it just it doesn't make them any less of a suspect, obviously, does it? Because, you know, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? If you if you don't cooperate with the police, then the police are going to look at you a bit like, well, kind of seems like you might have something to hide if you're being difficult and you're not talking to us and you're not requesting interviews and you're not doing this and you know, you're being very difficult to work with. It it, it doesn't help their case. And no. like you say, you know, you would expect them to be very cooperative. You would. I mean, even in situations don't involve your own child. Like, for example, I was unfortunate enough to witness a, a car accident. The police showed up very quickly. I, I was obviously still there. And my first instinct was to speak to the police to say this is what happened I saw the whole thing this is what went on because you want to help solve something so and that was a stranger that was I didn't know so if that was my own child and I'd suspected that something you know horrible would happen to them that someone had murdered my child I would want to do whatever I could to be able to help that investigation come to a conclusion as quickly as possible but the Ramses waited four months before doing anything which is just strange to me yeah that's that's yeah it's it's pretty wild isn't it um especially you know it's their own it's their own child so why wait four months (laughs) you know it's it's crazy exactly that um not helped by the fact that in 1999 a colorado grand jury voted to indict parents for child abuse and said that they did again quote unquote unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of John Benet. Which is pretty intense. And yeah. again, I'm quite impressed that I managed to read that out. But, um, you know, it's 
not suggestive of parents that are particularly devastated. Well, exactly. They didn't seem too devastated by it if they waited to, you know, to, to you know, go to the police. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the parents are, I'm, I'm back to being a bit sus of, of the parents now. I've, I've flip-flopped back to, to my original position. Yeah, and it um, is also it is difficult. Just want to. Sorry, go on. Um, I, I just want to say that you reeled off those four words like a true professional. Thank that you. That was that was smashed it. Oh, that BBC. Training. I know that. I know that if I tried it, I would have done maybe one, and then and then it just would have been a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the parents, but obviously there is no crime without motive generally. So what's the motive? Um, one theory is that Patsy, the mother, um, struck John Bonet in a fit of rage after a bedwetting episode. Um, John Bonet was a bedwetter; she'd done it a lot. Um, so, in a fit of anger, she there's an idea that she struck her, obviously resulting in the blow to the skull, and then strangled her um, to cover up what yeah. had happened without realizing that she actually wasn't. However, Patsy. Yeah was not that sort of person she wasn't known to have a history of uncontrolled anger and jean Bonnet's brother burke himself um said you know much later about his mother we didn't get banked um sorry this is a quote from him we didn't get banked nothing of the sort nothing close nothing near laying a finger on us let alone killing a child um so you know she's not known for being particularly violent you know it's I do think that's a bit extreme as well. Like this is quite a widely believed theory. Um, you know, she hit her, didn't mean to kill her, but she suffered a blow to the skull, and then obviously Jean Benet passed out. So thinking that she killed her, yeah. she had killed her. She strangled her and put her in yeah. the basement to try and make it seem. But I think no matter how angry yeah. you get, it's going to take a lot for you to, you know, crack a child's skull. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, in even even though a child's skull is probably less tough, even 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 so, I can imagine it's still you would still need to hit them with quite a bit of force to, you know, to do damage to their skull. Exactly. So yeah, you know, that's one theory. There's also you know fact, if you like, that the fingerprints on the bowl of pineapple, which was found to be in John Bonet's system, belonged to Burke, her brother. He was interviewed um, yeah. at the time that the body was found. He was, um, you know, taken in by place and, and interviewed in the normal way. He didn't, you know, see anything. He was he gave perfect answers in the sense that he was innocent and none of his DNA was on any of the rock or on on her sort of blanket even. So he was quick, quite quickly ruled out. It was just very strange yeah. that this bowl of pineapple. Only had his fingerprints on it. And it's just a bit of a, I want to say a red herring, but that implies someone put it there. I don't want to imply that. So it's, it's, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. It's just strange. It's just strange. Unexplained. Strange and unexplained. Strange and unexplained. So that's the family. But there is also a theory that there could have been an intruder um, who'd done it. Um, this was partially brought about because there was an unidentified boot mark um, left on the floor in the basement room where John Bonet's body was found. There were quite a few suspects that they okay. looked into as a result of that, including the family housekeeper, 
local Santa Claus who John Bonet had been to visit a while before, and a man who lived locally who had committed suicide, sorry, very shortly after her death. On the night of her death, two windows had been left ajar for Christmas lights. So you obviously have the wires, so they left the windows ajar to run the wires through so that they could be plugged in. Um, as well as one door in the house being unlocked as well. So the whole thing about there being no force point entry was kind of ruled out by the fact that actually left two windows open and a door unlocked, but there doesn't need to be force yeah there was also in the basement a broken window um which had been broken prior to that not that police believed someone could have come in from however that was really quickly ruled out and honestly i've included this because i think it's possibly the coolest thing i've ever heard um it was ruled out because on the inside of the window there was an unbroken cobweb and there's not going to be a cobweb if someone's come through that window recently unbroken cobweb right that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Like that, 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 is, that is pretty detective cool. Detective work at its finest. <laughs> yeah, that's like Sherlock Holmes style. Exactly. That little spiders. Yeah, man, I'm out here solving mysteries. So yeah, there was there was quite a lot of reasons that people might have wanted to break in and, and take um, John Bonet, but unfortunately, many of them come back to being sexual. Um, the child pageant arena had opened up to be visible to all sorts of people. Um, there were, to kind of give you some perspective yeah. on, there were more than 100 burglaries in Boulder in the months leading up to the murder. And there were also 30 registered offenders within a two-mile radius. So if your mother, a child on the pageant circuit in that area, she is definitely being exposed, albeit you know, unintentionally to potential sexual predators, um, the supposed paedophilic Santa Claus that she'd been to. So people knew who she was. People knew where she lived. There was a fair few sex offenders. How many? How many did you say? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight within a two-mile radius. God damn, that's a lot. I don't know if that's high. I mean, I haven't compared it to anywhere else, but it seems high. It sounds high. I, 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 you know, I don't know what what the what the standard is. Um, no, but it sounds high. It does sound like high. Thirty-eight in a two-mile radius sounds like a lot. Yeah, exactly. But nonetheless, there is definitely potential for any wanton paedophiles to have known who John Bonet was, where she lived, and taken the initiative to break and do something horrible. Yeah. There's also a theory that kind of combines two of these, which I, I really sincerely hope isn't true, but it is one that brought up. It's one that, um, you know, if you watch any of the documentaries on, on this case, or particularly um, casting John Bonet, which is on Netflix at the moment, refers to uh, talk about the case. And that there's a theory that um, Patsy Ramsey, who was obviously a past their prime wasn't in the pageant circuit anymore was quite jealous of Jean's success and and her kind of um, beauty if you like and was actually involved mm. in offering her up to pedophiles and what happened in the basement was a result of basically her allowing someone to come in and, and do what they were doing to to Jean-Baptiste and then obviously brought about a death yeah. I really hope 
that's not what happened. But obviously, you could see how it would potentially be. It's it's not an outlandish theory, but as you say, hopefully that's not that's not the case. But yeah, those are the two sort of main schools. Thought was either a member of the family who then tried to cover it up, or it was an intruder who um, was very good at covering the tracks. But left a lot of things that look like the family have been involved. One thing I've also included because I just thought yeah. was to be honest, fascinating and a little bit mental was one of the false confession um, that came about as a result of the case. Obviously, anything like this is always going to bring about false confessions. People are mental and they want to take credit for things. Um, But one of the false confessions was from a man called John Mark Carr, um, who is now known as Alexis Lauren Wright, um, I believe because of a sex change, who was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand on the 15th of August 2006. Um, following a false confession to murdering John Bennett. Reich was a 41-year-old school teacher um, who claimed she had drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally killed John Bennett. But later, authorities would find that there was absolutely zero you know, circumstantial or friend to link her to the case. So I just think it's crazy that someone on the other side of the world was just like, no, I did it. It was me. Like, why would you yeah, want to take credit that for that? strange. Um, well, that's it. I mean, yeah, that's it. Why, why, and what would you gain from taking credit? False confessions always are a bit of a head scratcher, aren't they? Like, I mean, why would you confess to something you didn't do? Exactly that. It's, it's very strange. But John Bonet's case is very much considered a cold case. Um, you know, it's, it's still open in, in Boulder, Colorado, but they haven't ever brought anyone kind of to justice over it. And no one really knows what happened because there are just too many red herrings there's too many elements that make it just a bit confusing yeah but if we right here on for a house true crime as a club had to pin it on someone who are we pinning it under i knew you were going to do this um i know I, I just like putting you on the spot oh fuck's sake um i mean i did it the other day or on on the other on yeah, like exactly. our last recording so um I mean, it, it doesn't sound like there's many suspects outside of the outside of the parents, um, and the parents have been a bit shady in in ways. So yeah, I I don't know. Um, I might have to sit on the fence on this one, like I did last time. I think it was the what was the case where I where I very much sat on the fence. Lizzie Borden. That's Lizzie Borden. It. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Here's my theory, Dom. It's- I'd love to claim full credit for it. It's um, not entirely uh, mine. It's also wildly speculative. Um, I, I don't claim to have any facts to back this up, although there are some logical elements to it. <laughs> but here's what I think happened. I think that okay. is incredibly jealous of his younger sister. I think he doesn't like the fact that she's getting attention for winning a lot of pageants. I don't think he liked the fact that, you know, she's a midwetter and she's still getting all this attention. She's still like the golden child. So I think he wakes her up in the middle of the night. He takes her downstairs and he feeds her some pineapple because he's a good big brother and he wants her to know that he's looking after his little sister. So he he feeds her a little bit. And I think he hits her over the head with something. I I don't know what he hits her with something. Um, And... Obviously, panics 
and didn't be dead. So he goes upstairs and wakes up his mum. Um, I think his mum goes downstairs. I think he, she takes her down into the basement and yeah. I think she yeah. strangles her um, and then puts the ransom note and all of the above in order to protect her now only remaining child from going to prison and being a convicted murderer at nine years old. That's why I think there wouldn't be any DNA. The, 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 no, there was no reason yeah, that that's her, logical. I mean, that's no logical. Um, there was no weapon found for you know. injury to her head. Um, any sort of blood or, or forensic evidence that was in the kitchen would have been wiped anyway because, you know, all of those people were coming in and out um, trying to, you know, help and not helping. The yeah. fingerprints and, and the blood and, you know, was all not connected. So I think it's definitely possible. And it's the only explanation I can think of for the pineapple as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, that makes that makes sense. But that is the case of Jean Benet Ramsey, and I think it's quite easy to see why it still remains. I think you should see us out if you're feeling brave. Uh, thank you for joining us um, for this week. Uh, don't forget to follow us on your podcast app of choice, and also on Instagram at horrorhouse underscore pod. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review, and don't forget to recommend us as well. Recommend us to everyone. Recommend us to your weird neighbor that you try and stay away from. Recommend us to your postman. Recommend us to um, the person that you've got a crush on. I see you. I see you crushing. Recommend recommend us. Um, just recommend us to everyone. Anyone and everyone. Uh, don't forget to check out the Patreon account as well. And if you feel so inclined, check out the Buy Me A Coffee link. But, uh, but thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed. And from me, all that's left to say, because I, I don't know if my voice can hold out that much longer, is um, stay spooky. Stay spooky.